This is Coffee and Camino and I'm Luke Mills. Good morning everyone, uh, good morning pilgrims I should say. Um, this is another episode of Coffee and Camino and today I am joined by John and Nina Mann and we are at Nancy's Cafe, Nancy's of the Valley Cafe in Yarra Junction. Um, Yarra Junction is about an hour east of Melbourne and um, I, I have uh, travelled out here on, on, the, on the scooter today, on the Vespa, out to be here. It's a lovely little town um, to, uh, and to talk about the Camino. So welcome, John and Mina. Thank you. Oh, and coffees have just arrived. Yes, thank you very much. The coffees have just arrived, so thank you very much. Uh, so welcome, John and Nina. Thank you. Okay. It's great to have you along. This is a lovely uh, little town here. So I do, well, I do like to ask um, people, like, so why Nancy's of the Valley? Because it's the best horse part of town. <laughs> well, they do, they do amazing, because I'm gluten intolerant, so they do amazing gluten and I'm also vegan, vegan type stuff. And yes. it's just a great atmosphere and the, people, the owners are lovely. It's just such a lovely, quaint little, what you'd expect when you go out into a little country town. Yes, yeah, and look, Yarra Junction is a lovely little place. As I said, it's about an hour east of Melbourne. It's uh, quite an old, quaint little village. Um, I think it has some sort of timber or forestry um, origins years ago, but now it's it's um, a real tree change area, and um, that's probably what uh, John and me actually come from the, the next town along the valley. It's Warburton, is that right? No, no, three bridges. Three bridges. Three bridges. Three bridges. So where is that? That's uh, eight kilometres south here. Oh, okay, right. And one of Nina's work colleagues has a farm there and so we were aware of the area and just happened to notice some uh, property was uh, bought it as our weekend uh, and then COVID hit and so we had a 108 day long weekend where we could, couldn't travel more than 25 kilometres to get back to our normal home. It's not a bad place to be locked down um, I suppose some of the um, some of the lockdowns didn't get out this far is that right so you were still able to come down here into Yarra Junction or to Warburton and things yeah because in Melbourne we've had we had a lot of lockdowns and much much more stricter than what was going on in the country so well, look it is lovely we're sitting in the courtyard here there's a bit of passing traffic and everything but I think we'll be fine so um, you are part of the tree change um, generation there, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so it, it, and it's a great place to do that. So we're, t we're talking about um, the Caminos this morning, and John and, and Mina have brought along some stuff, so they'll talk about that in a little moment. But um, first of all, I want to ask, and I like to ask people, how did you very first hear about a Camino or the Camino, and how did it first fly onto your radar, should I say? Should I ask? Back in 2014, I think, when I was 
in my job as an academic, um, I was doing a women's leadership course and we had a lady by the name of Pat Sinek who came out from Canada to give a talk. She was in her 70s, so she was part of the motivational leadership team. And she talked about having walked this amazing walk and I'm looking at her thinking, but you're 70 and you did this on your own? And she goes, oh yes, and I walked to the Camino and she talks about the Camino Santiago and she'd done a book. And so, of course, you have to read the book and she was doing all these motivational talks and it's kind of from there and then I was talking to my rheumatologist and she goes, oh yes, I want to do that. And she gave me a book by Shirley MacLaine. Oh yes, the Camino. Camino, yes. And I read that and I thought, oh no, we've just got to do this. And um, I was really happy to kind of do it on my own. And, yeah. um, but of course, then John went. Oh, yeah, the mob might do that. Um, we we uh, we were in Barcelona for a, for a conference for a week, and I thought, oh yeah, Spain's pretty nice. The, the food's good. People are friendly, and um, we watched. Um, the way movie with the watch the way. Yes, yes, who hasn't watched the way? Oh, well, as long as we avoid dropping our backpack into the river, it'll be all smooth sailing. Oh, okay, so you were in Barcelona, and then did you make the work? Oh, no, 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 that was. You that came was back. Before, that was right, before right. We, we saw Barcelona. Yeah. So we came back, and someone says to me, I come along. It seems like a really good, nice walk that I can nice do. Because I'm, I was doing it for different reasons. And I thought, mm, it's a long way to go. Yeah. You're just thinking you're going to have a nice long walk. Did you count yourself as yourselves as walkers prior to the Camino? Well, we were runners. I was a runner. I'm a, I'm a cyclist. Oh, okay. So cycle touring. I've done some, some two-week bike rides and things like that. Mm -hmm. Outside Australia as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, cycles are good in that you can put all the, all, all the gear in the panniers and mm -hmm. select the load here and just grind your way up the hills. Mm -hmm. and, you know, okay. and you don't get any blisters. <laughs> Where I was more, uh, why would you walk it when you can run it? And funnily enough, I have to tell you, we were sending pictures back to the kids mm -hmm. and our youngest kept saying, why are you walking it? Do you not know that you can actually get a bus that goes from here? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true, that's true. Well, they say cycling, you can take three times as much and go three times as far uh, if you cycle. Um, so did, I'm just wondering whether that might have been um, an idea that you floated at some stage to cycle the, the, the Camino? Mm, no, no, we didn't really think about cycling the Camino until we were walking the Camino and people on bikes started going <laughs> Yes, there are a few, are there? Yeah, yeah. And then you feel like, what? You can do this on a bike? <laughs> or a horse? Yeah. Or a... Yeah. Swap your, yeah. your bike for food. Uh, look, I, I, I don't know, there's a certain amount of um, romance, I suppose, or nostalgia associated with the Camino. And um, I suppose apart from doing it on a horse, um, I don't, know, I don't know, maybe it's just a little bit sort of traditional, but I suppose the authentic way is to walk the Camino. Um, you really, by putting your feet on the ground, I mean, cycling is, is a very close experience because you're still feeling the hills um, and the weather and, you know, and the terrain, uh, what's, what's basically underneath the tyres. But, um, you know, I, th I think, I don't know, I feel that sort of walking is, a, is the, probably the reason 
I th- and I think it's proven by statistical things that 80% of the people, or even more, 85% of people, pilgrims actually do walk the Caminos there. So, um, also, okay, so you've got the idea that, okay, so you are going to go after this trip to uh, Barcelona, so you did a bit of the necessary reconnaissance and things like that when we came back? Yes, how does one prepare to walk 800 kilometres? We sort of worried about as a couple um, I mean I went with my partner as well and I, um, I I've spoken to a number of people I think as a couple um, the the, the the alternative to go to stay in the cheap hotels, which is essentially what they are, um, is a really good option, I think, sometimes, yeah. I mean, the albergos are uh, a very cheap uh, sort of alternative, but it does have a, they, you know, you, it's, they do have a lot of students and backpackers and things like that, so... Um, yeah, it's probably when, when we're going when we're going so far. I think in Australia, for it, we sort of don't want to ruin the, no, the experience too no, much. It was, our, it, was our, it was our thinking that it was our uh, one shot to do it, so mm. we made sure that we have a high probability of success and 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 enjoy from away. Yeah, and you do have to ensure that you do make it because it's a really big commitment coming from Australia. Yeah. Now, Lynn, I wanted to ask you also, you said something, I was going, I didn't know whether John wanted to come because you said there were other reasons why I was going. So, how about you expand upon that a little bit? Well, I'm a very spiritual person. And so, you know, there was that sort of side of things and I was dealing with a lot of issues mm-hmm. at the time. Um, issues around work, uh, my mum, passed away so there was a whole lot of issues around that and it was like you know you read the cliche about it's a healing experience or it's a this experience but in fact actually it is like you don't realize it until you've walked it and you get to the end and you think wow you know that really does change you mm-hmm. so you know i did the, the quintessential got back to my quit my job that was it i wasn't going to do it anymore i realized that it was no longer for me and that's like my whole career oh. um, so it was a really um, life-changing experience for me and it was my, my faith and all the issues I was dealing with were tested so many times on that walk um, some of which John was aware of some of which he probably wasn't aware of but um yeah it was started off as a very spiritual experience but by the end of it it had become probably the biggest healing life-changing experience for me oh right Okay. So, you said you quit your job before you went, or uh, after you came back? Came back, got in contact with work, said I'm not coming back. Okay, so you were an academic, you yes, said? Yes, I was an academic for all my working career. So, my background is I'm a specialist in, well, I can't call myself that anymore now because I'm retired, but I was a specialist in what's called special needs industries. So I worked okay. a lot with people with disabilities yes. and established the, you know, the main training program in the Southern Hemisphere and, um, you know, it was a lot of really great things and trained a lot of young people that have gone off and done amazing things. Mm-hmm. But it was a very 
It's <laughs> so very much a, an environment that was difficult to mm -hmm. manoeuvre, um, being the only female. Oh, okay. So it was a very Oh, okay. environment that was just messy with the head. Like, I was just not in a good place. Right. Um, and it was like, do I walk away from something I've spent my whole life building up? Yeah. And then you're out there on the commuter where you're basically just, you're out there, like it's war. Like it's really war. Just carrying stuff on your back, mm. well, most of your stuff. Um, you look at people who don't have much and they're just loving their mm -hmm. life. You look at people that have walked the Camino. There was a guy that we met that came from Australia, from Mildura, and he'd given up his whole life and he'd set up this big barn in his backyard in the middle of nowhere as you walk in, where he had couches and things set up for people. And he was just like, this is what life's all about. It's not about climbing that academic ladder. It's not about, you know, stepping on people as you do it. But I don't think I did that. But yeah, I think that. Um, that change, yeah. that profound yeah. change. Even John said to me when we did the Iron Cross, which was like a, quite an experience. That was the pivotal moment for me. Ca where, did you cast a stone uh, onto the Yeah, I bought a stone. The de Cruz? Yeah, yeah, I bought a um, I bought a stone back from the house when my mum had passed away and we cleared out of the house. Yes. And that was a stone that I happened to find that I actually remember <laughs> from when I was little, bizarrely. Um, so yeah, that was the other stone that I took with you, yeah. Look, it's, you know, I've heard it countless times now that um, really the, the Camino um, is, uh, is such a significant thing. You have to take out a significant amount of time out of your calendar. It's usually punctuated by other events, um, either before or after in your case. Uh, and really um, forces us to reconcile a lot of things or to have a reckoning of some um, of, uh, of, of our values and of our lifestyle. And it really it really is. And, and what you see that also with, uh, like your friend from Algeria, with other people around the world, it's really had a tremendous um, impact upon, upon people who really have sometimes devoted their lives to it. So that was certainly the case in your situation. Yeah, did that also necessitate the move up to um, up up here into the valley, or as part of the life's change thing? Oh yeah, we always we always like to push. I think it made it easier. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. Because you realised too that work was like. <clears throat> yes, I, I was um, uh, deeply ingrained in my in my work work culture. Um, I work on a large academic, uh, academic network, mm -hmm. and I've been online poised to help people dream for a long time. So walking on in, I was a chance to step back a little bit and see if mm -hmm. they could cope without me. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, yeah. <laughs> yes, we're all indispensable. That's, sadly, we we under, we realise that. Yeah. Oh, no, uh, and, and they managed okay. So, uh, 
allowed me to tra- transition to retirement. Okay, so you're both in retirement now then. Right. Okay, and enjoying it, it seems. Yeah. 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 So, it, for you, it was uh, quite a significant, for you, John, it was uh, too quite a significant experience as well. Did you go with the same sort of expectations or the same sort of um, sentiments as, as Mina, or you were just a bit more sort of open-minded or the circumspect? Um, 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 I, I viewed it as sort of a, as a spiritual bath or religious experience. Mm-hmm. So, chance to clear, clear the mind mm-hmm. about what's important and mm-hmm. what's not. Mm-hmm. A good time for something with my partner. through a number of things without the distractions of Yes, which is which is great. You got the whole day to fill in <laughs> and just to yes. talk. Yeah. Yes. Every wind, every whisper, every step. You get it all. Yeah, yeah. And There's also a bit of a pressure cooker environment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Go to study and shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, though, we really didn't have any. No. Your blisters got on my knees. And your obsession with taking photos of shadows. Uh, not here. No. Okay. Um, so. Um, yeah. So physically, you managed quite all right then. Uh, yeah, I think we did. We, you know, as you say, you can't really train to walk out through the corners. No. Um, as long as you got, you know, the, the, we have a story. We just told the story about the um, the, the priest and the students. Oh, uh, yes, there's a, a priest from uh, Utah, uh, and he was wearing the dark brown cassock and oh, wow. a little bit of robe and things like that. And he wore a bunch of university students over with him. And so we were, we were there when, when they set up to do the There was some halfway along the Carino, and they were all there, their, their box sacks, big box sacks full of stuff. And their shoes. <laughs> Gunsy clothes and our hats and things like that. They raced off into the down the road. And we mean raced. Like we mean really. <laughs> mm, yep. mm-hmm. You know, that, that apparently this priest takes them, takes students every year. Oh, okay. So a regular, you know, he goes, oh, no, I'm bringing these students and you know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, so they didn't they didn't have maps or anything. Oh, okay, the right. Instruction was meet you at the old gate. Okay. Like yes, you can tell where this is going already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. So, so after a while, we met 
we passed two of them sitting by the side of the road. It was really hot, and there was the three of them. It was two ladies, two girls, and a guy, and they're just sitting, almost passed out on the side oh, of the road. Street. It was so hot, and we went up and we said, "Oh." Oh, right. Oh, the feet are really bad. And we go, yeah, we kind of yeah. tried to turn. Yeah. And then we get to the Albergue, and the priest is there, but none of his entourage. Oh, my God. We said, oh, no, they'll come. I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know if they will, <laughs> or if they've passed out somewhere, oh. you know, miles away. It was just, yeah, it was very funny. And, well, that's the, I think, I mean, maybe it's just all of us getting a bit older, but, um, you know, the, you run the risk, too. If you do, if you, if you really do some damage either physically with your knees or ankles or or you know hip or something like that and then or really really bad blisters you're knocked out i mean you can, that'll knock you straight out of the camino and and you know that's a long way to go for like two or three days of walking and the rest because you'll literally not be able to withstand the rest of the trip if, if you do some so i you know myself and, and my partner it was really our number one priority was avoid um uh, any sort of um injury make sure you get through each day I think the classic is when they they suggest that you you take your boots off and your socks off at every stop to let your feet be yeah. yeah. Yes, it's, it's kind of good to always begin with. But as you're walking, you take your, you know, your manky shoe boots and your manky socks off these feet and your feet balloon out and you're thinking, I have to reverse the process and stick those manky socks and boots back, back over these yeah. horribly painful feet. But yeah, yeah you had to... You have to take care of yourself. Have to take care of yourself. I mean, a lot of people have uh, said, sort of, listen to your body. <laughs> you know, we can ignore things sometimes. Like, if we get a headache, we'll take a disparin. Um, if we've got a, a, a sore back, then we'll just sort of take it easy for one day or something like that. And you can, but on the Camino, all of those minor ailments will mount up. And you, if you don't listen to things, you really <laughs> make the whole trip very, very uncomfortable. So you said it was hot. So I assume that you went over uh, a, a summer to period. Was that right? That no, was um, we went April to May, mm-hmm. mid April through to end of May. Mm-hmm. But we had some days that were really, really hot. Oh, okay. And then we had some days where. <laughs> We thought we were going to get blown off the side of a mountain, yeah. never to be seen again. Yeah. So we had, we actually had quite a mix of weather. It, it is funny. I, I mean, I don't know whether it's just the length of time because we, I went at the other end of the season where we really came in sort of. Uh, late late autumn in towards the winter time or autumn into winter and um, but when we started off in the Navarre region you know around Pamplona um, it was really quite warm and we set off in October but whether it's the terrain I think it's a mix of the terrain but also the time as well because it takes sort of six to seven weeks I mean at our pace to go that the, that the, the, the seasonal changes, I don't know if this is just Spain or whatever, but the seasonal changes and the terrain changes are really quite 
marked, yes. like yes. very marked. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, when we started uh, some John going over the pass, mm. the, the trees were bare, and six, six hours after we crossed, they closed the pass because of the snowfall. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, because, uh, now you're talking about the, uh, over the Pyrenees. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And coming down into the Rontes Valleys as well, when there's a couple of peaks to go down, they say, oh, you can feel the wind coming up. Sure enough, you, oh, bob, yeah. you, you bob your head up yeah. and that's it. And I remember when we, they said, oh, you know when you hit Galicia because it's a really big chain. So you come up to this small village, Osobrero, yes. and, <laughs> and literally you poke your head, you come up the back of the mountain yeah. on that windy little track. You literally put your head over the cliff and you can feel the rain and one and it, it sort of hits you in the face and it hit us and it just started raining and i thought yes i i feel like i'm in galithia now and i know what they're talking about so but then on you know and then but we also walked through the meseta as well so it's i didn't really know that spain had such a variation of terrain and countryside um, in that particular context, it was quite amazing. Really. Yeah, the architecture. Like you go through some little towns and they were very old, then you go through other ones that were very mm. um, gothic, and then you go through other ones that were very Tudor. Like it constantly. Yeah, mud brick, yeah. stone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And I remember once um, the, the, they said the official, the official end, if you like, of the season when a lot of. Um, uh, albergues and places closed down is the Feast of All Saints which is the 1st of November and that's their official end of the season and they said and I said oh you know why oh well because it's winter after that anyway fair enough sure enough we arrived in um, Burgos on the 1st of Todos Los Santos the 1st of, of November so that's how late we were and there was a long weekend it's a public holiday and it started to snow <laughs> <laughs> the, next, uh, the day coming into it was and I thought yep winter and we yeah, it was two days before it was 25 degrees so it really and then from after that we never had a day that was over about 15 and, and it really was a really really rapid change I thought yep winter's here now yeah, yeah. The, the Benedictine monk that I talked to in, I can't remember the name of the town now, yeah. uh, the little, um, there's a little Benedictine monastery next to a tiny little church where they had Vespers and you'd go and you'd oh, see yeah. Vespers and I did a reading that was, that's a whole other story. But he said to me that he did it in the dead of winter when he knew things were going to be closed and he just wanted to basically suffer and whatever. And he goes, I don't recommend you do it in winter because A, half the things are closed. Mm. Um, and they said it really did test you. So. Yes, yeah. Look, there were, there were a lot of things that were closed and closing, but we always found a spot, and that was amazing. Uh, we never got to a village and, and there was nowhere for us. Um, uh, except on one occasion, but that was because it was a really tiny town. But um, every, everywhere else we found a, a place, but it, it was, I don't know, it was sort of nice, it was nice in a way to be in a quieter time, but I, I, th I don't think I'd go that late again. Certainly not um, in company, maybe by myself with an albergue or something like that. So, yeah, so, the, but the time that you went sounds like a particularly lovely time, the springtime, which is, and, and I think they're at the beginning of the season, they're opening up a little bit, so they're not tired or or anything and um, they're they're sort of building it with uh, the, the, the they're sort of building the Camino so to speak because they're waiting for more people to come but they haven't quite reached that, um, that uh, point at the moment oh 
Now, that's, that's me. I, that's my phone. I'm going to decline that. So thank you. Uh, so I'll just ignore, <laughs> ignore that. That was my, my phone that just went off. Um, okay, so look, uh, a couple of other things. What were some um, uh, particular highlights that I would, that you would, um, you know, you, that you really sort of cherish? Um, <laughs> they're both pointing at each other here. That you particularly cherish and you hold in your in your in your heart as being particularly. Well, I think definitely the Iron Cross. Yeah. Who's the pair for me was a, a real standout. Um, the reading at Vespers that was extraordinary. Now, where, where was that again? You can't. Um, uh, I do have it written down. Do you remember the name of it? It's a what? tiny little town that you go in, and there's a Benedictine monastery. But not everybody can stay at the monastery. It's very select yes. where you can stay. And we were talking to one of the priests, and he wanted someone to do the reading in English. And he looked yeah. at John, and John looked at me, and I went, "Oh, okay." I'll do is that, that called, is that Rabanal del Camino? Is it up in one of the stone villages? In yes, yes. yes. I think it's Rabanal because I went there as well. And uh, to the evening mention, which is in which in Latin, the Gregorian yes, chant. Yes yes, 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 I did. I think it's called Rabanal del Camino, um, and it's straight off the main drag. So you come, yeah, right. you come in. It's a little one of those lovely like Asabo, which is a, another one of those um, stone villages through there as well. There's a, quite a few of them um, on your way in there, and they're beautiful. Yes, that was that was a particularly yeah, moving time for you. Well, it was because like we. It's a funny story. Like we walked in, and I was like, "Oh, we'll sit at the front." And the, the the monk comes up and he goes, "You need to sit over there." Like, and I'm going, "Like, where am I? On the on the altar where those seats mm-hmm. were?" And I went, "No, no, no. I'm happy to sit with my husband." And he sort of looks at me and points. And says, you know, <laughs> "Okay, I will sit there." So I'm sitting there, and the other people that were doing the readings in the different languages sit there as well. And then he comes up to us and goes, "Well, we expect you to not expect, but we'd like you to join in the Gregorian chants." And they're going. You're kidding. Like, uh, this is the size of a shoebox. I can't see. The audience is not that far away. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. And then he's like, don't Latin. worry, it's fine. Doesn't matter if you can see what you can't see. Yeah. And it was in Latin. Yeah. Who speaks Latin? And I'm thinking, I'm not going to do it. So I'm just wet, opening my mouth, nothing's coming out. And I'm thinking, I'm in a church. I'm lying to God by not seeing it. <laughs> Like, what a fraud. I know, I was like, and then the lady next to me had the most amazing voice I had ever heard in my life. And I'm like, I can't do this. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it wouldn't have been pretty. And then I thought, who's going to know? Like, only the lady next to me. She was so entangled in her own community. I don't think she would have noticed it. Anyway. So, yeah, that was. And then having met Benedict and Monk afterwards and having that one on one. Yeah. And he. He was lovely because he said to me, oh, you know, why are you walking? They asked them, why are you walking? And oh, I you know, to get to St. James and see the bones of St. James. He goes, well, why do you think his bones are any different to our bones? Well, if we all have the same bones. Mm-hmm. That can't be the reason you're doing the Camino. I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's not. Um, so then I talked about why I wanted to do the Iron Cross. And he said, well, you know, that's kind of where you, you will change. Mm-hmm. There's a change there, he goes, you will get to, to Santiago and your life will be completely different. I'm there going, yeah, really? <laughs> and in fact, he was right. Yeah. He was dead set right. Um, yeah, and the Iron Cross was the other one. That was kind of like, it was miserable weather. Yeah. So cold when we got up and wet and um, foggy. Like, you couldn't see yeah, the yeah, cross. Yeah, it was like that when I was oh, there as no, well. You couldn't see the cross. And yeah. And then you, you get there and there's like this silence that descends oh. over the whole area. And there was a, um, a Spanish girl next to me and she was crying and talking into her phone and then she went up and did her rock and she came back. 
and she sort of, you know, said thank you to me for, for being so I was going, oh, you know, it's, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. And then I went up and did it thinking, you know, I'll get there, I dropped the rock, and then all of a sudden, oh, tears everywhere, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah. <laughs> There's John filming me from the bottom thinking, no, this is not pretty. Um, so I think that they were kind of the two... Oh, and at the end, when I picked up my Compostela, it was kind yeah, of like Yeah, yeah. The, um, the, did you go to a, a Pilgrim's House as well to see the Botta Fumero? The, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did it three times. <laughs> we did it, well, we didn't plan to do it three. Oh, no, we did it twice, and then we did it once in English. We didn't plan to do it twice. The reason we did it the second time is because we met um, uh, a guy from Sacramento who was in one of the albergues, yeah. who was basically saying to John and I, like, he was in a really bad way. Like, mm-hmm. he said, I didn't even think I'm going to come to see Like, he had all these issues from that time. And he said, I don't think I'm going to make it all the way there. You know, we bumped into him when we got to Santiago coming out of the shop, and he remembered us. And he said, oh, look, it's really excited. I've been asked to read at the, the oh, Pilgrim's Mass. Yeah, terrific. Oh, that's great. He said to John, would you be at be my family and sit in the front? We were like, wow. So that's why we ended up going twice. So, yeah, it's a lovely, lovely man. So, um, oh, well, you, you had front row seats there. Yeah, front row seats both times. That's amazing, because it would have been very busy at that time. Yeah, the, the, the Mass would have been... Um, yeah, really filling up quite quickly. Even when I went there, and we got there with late, yeah, it, was, it was filling up very quickly. And oh, that's tr- well, that's a fantastic story, really. Yeah, look, there are some seminal moments I think for for anyone, really. But those. Um, the, uh, the, the Pilgrim's Mass, the, the Ferro de Cruz, sometimes the Alto du Perdon, the cross, the, that was where you see the cyclists, but also the, the walkers and things. And that was one of yours. Was, that's the first half a day out of Pamplona. Yeah, you, you enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah, so the expansive views mm. and the, uh, the stalks. Mm. Yes, I, I I I enjoyed the, the, the end of the difficult days. Mm. The been a, a, a challenge and and over, overcome the challenge. Mm-hmm. We're still in one piece, <laughs> and, and and still one unit, uh, which, oh, is, yes. which is which is which is which a, is a good test of of. Uh, of the of the relationship along the time, and and it is really lovely to do it in a, in um, in a couple. I, I they you know traditionally people went on their own and they say well you do, you meet more people, but I think as a couple you still meet a lot of people, and you know sometimes you can you know other other women for example latch onto you and and and, and then you meet this other person and. You know, you meet men from other places, and 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 it is really good to, as like I think the probably the only time when you don't meet a lot of people is if you would go in a big group, and then that would, but just in a couple, we found that we met lots of people along the way. It was really quite good. Oh, Bob and Bonnie. That's right. Yeah. We were coming in into Several places. Yeah, I think the story about I'll, I'll, I'll step back a little bit more before the Camino. Mm-hmm. I bought some proper hiking boots mm-hmm. and, and tried those on a, on a day walk. Uh, they were too stiff, made enough pins and needles or something
my feet, so I changed to changed to the softer trail boot just a couple of weeks before the Camino. Uh, and then walking walking the Camino, I got a few blisters in in the first week. Found compedes were the best. Oh yeah, they work really well. For, yep. for those blisters. Yep. Um, and then we walked. Uh, then my feet went well, and we walked for for a while, and uh, I got a little bit, little bit lax on the on not sensing something good here. Looking after your feet is that the, the, the air in the feet, fluffing the socks, and, and all that sort of stuff has tailed off a bit. But then the blisters came, mm, the yep. hot section, and the blisters With the came. Yeah, yeah. And then we met 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 this um, Bob and Bonnie couple, and, and they, were, they were very concerned about uh, very concerned about my feet. And um, you have to say he was a minister from somewhere yes. in the states. Oh, okay. Religious minister. Religious minister. And so he said, "It was okay if we do a blessing." Blessing of the feet. A little bit of a. Yeah, no, he, didn't, he, he didn't ask you that. We, were, we met them, we saw them somewhere, we were having dinner. And, and we were saying, yeah, we have to say grace, it was fine. And he says, is it okay if we were listening to feet? And we thought, John, yeah, yeah, okay. And the whole thing was about, dear God, let's bless John's feet. And he went on and on and on about John's feet and John's blisters. And I was like, we are just more like, let's move on from the blisters. <laughs> 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 we didn't have any more blisters after that. No, I was like, no. well, whatever he said, it worked. There was divine intervention there, there upon indeed. on your feet, John, and, and, and maybe that got you across the line. So that was that's really good. Listen, we're going, we've been talking for a long time now, but what I'd like to know is I, I asked um, uh, pilgrims if they have a particular piece of music or that and then we'll, we'll do the show until afterwards but a particular piece of music that has some moment of significance or so and we, we all played that out to the break so if you've got a, a song or a sound that or a piece of music that you'd like to play out yeah um, Miley Cyrus's Climb oh okay can I get you guys anything else uh, no that's fine thanks did you want me to clear all the drinks for you yeah. all the right. yep. coffees thank you thank you thank you we're just Sorry. having our cups and saucers taken away Okay, so Miley Cyrus's The Climb. The Climb. Okay, now tell us a little bit about why that one is um, significant for you. Because it's it's about it's more about the journey rather than the destination. Like you never think she's going to get to the, the top of the climb. Mm-hmm. So it's about because all the time through the community, you're thinking you see you see people die on the Camino. It's like, mm-hmm. are we going to end up in that same boat, or are we actually going to get to the end, or are we going to get to the end in one piece? what's life going to look like so it's really about the journey rather than worrying so much about getting from St. John all the way to St. Diagonal Compostela so that's why it's kind of was this, we didn't have it at the time but we've been thinking about it we've been it thinking about that oh, that's great to hear so listen to play us out to the great uh, to the block break now um, we're going to listen to Miley Cyrus's The Climb can almost see it that dream i'm dreaming but there's a voice inside my head saying you'll never reach it every 
Every step I'm taking, every move I make feels lost with no direction. My faith is shaken, but I, I gotta keep trying, gotta keep my head held high. There's always gonna be another mountain. I'm always gonna. Siesta, where I expand on some of the issues that come up in our conversation with my guests. And today, it's the really practical issue of baggage transport. Quite a few companies have sprung up offering bag transport and or taxi services. Some of these companies include Yucko Trans, Buricot Express, 
Taxi Bellorado, Camino Fathil, Taxi Camino, The Petite Bag, The Peregrine Express, Patty Services, Pilbeo, or the Spanish mail service called Corios. The usual method is to use the envelopes that are in the hotel or albergue reception. Usually they'll have a whole stack of these for, from the various companies that service that particular area. Some of the smaller companies only work in the peak periods, while Corios operates all year round. The usual cost is about five to seven euros for an under 20 kilogram bag. And this is for a 25 kilometer journey, which is the average distance for each day walked on the Camino. The receptionist will tell you where and when to put your bag, and you need to put the money in cash and clearly identify the place of accommodation you'd like it delivered. Make sure the spelling is correct. It will then be dropped off at the destination somewhere between 2.30 and 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Lofts, theft, and wrong destinations occur only on rare occasions. So make sure you carry important items like passports and wallets on your person. Not surprising is that each company has a reputation to uphold, so any mistakes weigh heavily, heavily on them. I found the services most reliable. In the height of the season, the companies will do a routine run between towns. However, in low season, you may be the only guest staying in one particular place of accommodation, so you might need to call them directly. Generally, you can ask the receptionist to do this and they will oblige. There are also some online options too, which some company, companies offer. But I think the old school way of writing out the envelope and putting the cash in the envelope is the most reliable. Coming from Australia, it's a big journey to go to Spain and spend a few weeks walking. E easing yourself into your walk and managing your body and potential injuries is key. This is where bag transport can really help out. Pilgrims should think no less of themselves by seeking assistance since everyone has their own issues to encounter. So you, if you have an itinerary that you have to keep, then some sort of vehicular transport can really help. Remember, we can never judge someone else's Camino. Welcome back uh, to Coffee and Camino. My name's Luke Mills and I am here um, with John and Mina Mann and we are at Nancy's Cafe in Yarra Junction and we have enjoyed a really great chat this morning about their, uh, their uh, Camino Iron that was in 2017 um, from St. Jean Pierre de Port uh, uh, to Santiago along the Camino Frances and we've just been talking off here about lots of different experiences and things and it's been really great to recount some of those times and some of the very very precious moments that we have shared along the way so now we come to the very important the show and tell time and Mina's got a whole lot of stuff for us here to, to show she's come with a treasure trove of like a biscuit tin full of stuff here for us okay so what, what have you got there Mina? I guess the one thing so there's obviously lots of things but yep. the one standout for me was this knotted um, rosary bead yes that was done by the couple of monks from the Order of San Miguel probably would have been in their mid-twenties that okay. we just passed between towns yes and 
I guess what stood out for me was um, these these young guys were probably around the same age as my kids, um, and their life was devoted towards raising money for prostitutes, homeless women, women that had been victims of domestic violence, and they raised money by doing things like selling um, these these. These rosary beads, so they would knot them as people are walking past, and they're chatting to you. They're knotting away. Ah, okay. Um, so they'd make them while you're there. So I'm looking. I'm looking at this knotted um, set of rosary beads, and you've got a bead for each decade, basically, and then a knot for each Hail Mary, um, and probably a little bit smaller than than most rosary beads, but it's still very, very much a rosary bead, um, a set of rosary beads, and and the order of. Uh, of San Miguel. San Miguel. We, whereabouts is that? Can you? You were going to ask me. I was going to ask you, but remember. you can't quite remember. Okay. okay. Uh, so that was like you know, because yeah, it's lovely. What twenty-five-year-old worries about prostitutes and destitute women and women of abuse and violence? Yeah. And, Back before the Me Too movement too, which was kind of like the whole you know, thing. Yeah. So is that? That's a beautiful thing. And as you've got something around your neck there, the, the obligatory shell. The shell, yes. That um, you kind of. So we have our we have our big shells that you hang off your pack. Yes. Um, bizarre, but yes, you hang off your pack. And then I, I wanted a small one to so carry. Mina's showing me her a little golden scallop shell there that she has a, as a necklace. It's, it's got um, some James on and it's got some James on the back. Yeah, it's a lovely it's a lovely uh, little um, keepsake there. Did you get that in Santiago? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then I guess the other. You know, we got that when we got to Santiago. That one. And then I've got. Oh, now you have a. It looks like a. So this Bible? is a, a, yes. a very old um, book of Vespers, ah. which really, to me, we got also in Santiago, I think. Yes. Um, just in one of the little antique shops. This lady said, "Oh, you know, my father collected all these old books, and cost me like eighteen euros, or like next okay. to nothing." But it's all in Latin to yes. remind me that I really don't speak Latin, <laughs> and Vespers to remind me of I don't sing very well. <laughs> <laughs> So they're kind of like my three main. Now, now I'm looking at this. Oh, it looks like a a, a Bible. I'd have to say because it's about as thick as a Bible, and and it's leather bound, beautifully bound thing here. And it is of the. Now, if I'm just looking at the opening page here, it is uh, the official mass celebration for Corpus Christi, uh, which is uh, yes, not for the masses, for some sort of. Um, for the for a festival thing, yes, and it is all written in Latin, a beautifully uh, transcribed and written. Um, it almost looks like obviously it's been printed, but it does have that very much the um, handwritten sort of feel to it as well. So it's a it's a beautiful bound copy of that. So thank you very much. Um, uh, so I wanted to ask you also. Oh, now John's got some things here, some tiles here. I've got some fridge magnets. I collected some some fridge magnets. One with a picture of the picture of the walkers with a staff and the shell arrow sign. Yes. And another one which is an imitation milepost. Uh, now these are the ones that you have in Galicia. In Galicia, they 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 mark every kilometre. I think by the time yes. you get to, to Galicia, they Do you have. Do you know how many pictures we have? Yeah, John's standing next yeah, to one. <laughs> that's right. And because the the Galicians really have embraced the Camino, you know, more so than any other province, really, because it's really the thing that's put them on the map. And they have these little milestones, which are quite ornate um, uh, stone. Um, Small 
one meter high monuments that that indicate how far you are to go. So that's a little replica there, yeah. and um, and uh, you see them everywhere. As you get into Galicia, of course, you have the the star and the uh, sorry the, the shell and the arrow. You know, just about everywhere on buildings, um, on the as tiles, uh, on posts, and uh, just about everywhere. Point. Patterns you, in the footpath. In patterns in the foot. You can't. You can't. Statues pointing <laughs> the way. You know, literally, you cannot get lost once you get into Galicia. It's very, very well. Very because if you're getting out in dawn and you're going out there's nobody to ask which way is the right way so yeah. you kind of need to follow those arrows and, and play marks along yeah, the way. It, it is a it is a great um, you know it, it does sort of um, remind you that you're coming close and then to me also think you're starting to count the kilometers and when you get into double digits you're down under 100 kilometers you go oh no i'm gonna finish soon and you start that's only four more nights and you start it's uh you get rather melancholy and but then you compare, yes. you compare so when you say you compare the, the number on there with your calculations and it's like well, one of the things now that I did, if you add up every day that you do, it's they say it's 800 kilometers. It's actually more than that because they don't take into any consideration of the altitude and and the, the, the ascent or the descent. So when you come over from from St John to Rontas Valleys, it, it, I think it's something like. 28 k's but it's not like that at all it's close to 35 um, with that massive climb up to 1400 meters because of the ascent and the descent which you know if, if you do it on Google Maps they don't take any um, indicate uh, any they don't take that into account at all really yeah, so. and then you go to pick up your Compostela and the indignity of it says 799 kilometers <laughs> it doesn't even say 800 yes that's right you know who's going to argue with the lady or the man that's writing it down 799 so. kilometers it's the same one on my Compostela oh. as well so so John's got a he's being a computer person yeah I of course have a spreadsheet <laughs> yeah so John's, got a, John's got a spreadsheet here in front of me yeah and he's got he's actually got the altitude the height gain and uh, that's the, pace, the, number, the pace. number of steps as recorded by my watch Oh, like that. So terrific. 807.5 kilometers. 800, well that's right. Per my watch, um, 1.4 million steps. Right, I, that's what, great. Million. So you you log, John's got a tremendous yeah. spreadsheet here with his uh, days of walking um, uh, over the whole period. So I'm not yeah. counting this, but how many days were you on the Kaminipur? I didn't actually ask. Uh, we did over 41 days, but we took, pardon me, we took some rest days. So yes, uh, yeah, so we arrived, we got, got to San Diego day 41. Right. We did well, do some rest I, actually, That's very similar to the number of days that we had actually as well. Another really funny story is that we, we, we planned our holiday and um, with, with the Camino bit was, was planned by the travel company. Mm -hmm. And so we thought, oh, we don't have to think about this bit. We just have to be at St John on, on this on, day. On this day. Mm -hmm. On this day. That's so, very important so, to so, remember. Yeah. So, and, and, <laughs> and we're going to set off on day one and climb over the hill. To Roncesvalles, that's right. And, and then we get, get, and then we get to St John. And to our hotel. hotel and they didn't have a booking for us oh. and we we're going uh oh, oh no. this isn't gonna work so, so we managed to wangle a day it was with the boys that we've got you booked in 
tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, so we actually like, arrived a day early. early. Yeah. But then we got to it, we got into our room, we opened up our itinerary for the Camino. Right, and realised we don't have to day early. <laughs> Day one arrives a job. That's all I'm saying. It's like, ugh, it's a lucky thing. Day one climbing out. Oh, okay, yes. Day one on the walk. Yeah, exactly. So, considering how packed it was, we were lucky that they had a room because we're there thinking, what am I going to do? And St. John is not a big town. So, two nights there is, you're really going to see everything. Oh, yes. Yes. And that did also help us in that we were able to split the. The walk to Roncesvalles. Right. And Instead of Orison? No, no, no. No, we went up to the um, we went up to the top of the Pyrenees where the Madonna is. Yes. Well, it's the top of the Pyrenees. It's just not the top. Well, yeah, we went that's up, kind of up, what they call up, the top. Up yeah. To, yeah, Madonna. And then we came back, Arison. and then we got a taxi that took us back up to there, so we could do day two starting oh, from there to keep okay, going. Okay, yes. Which actually was pretty good because it yeah. kind of gave started. To, Get you to sort of settle into yeah. your, your walking. Yeah, so, so we did 930 meters climb the first day, yes. and then 400 the second, second day. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It really is. Um, I, I didn't do that. We, we went the Val Carlos way because uh, we were really mindful of not bursting our boiler on the first day. Um, and in fact, Horizon was closed when we went through there anyway. So you, to do it, and not only was Horizon closed, it was actually whited out as well. So the whole mountain really was closed. But it is a you know a big, big, big first day for for people. Uh, and then if you're not. And the temperatures and the conditions on the Pyrenees yeah. change, like yeah. change in a split second, yeah. and you'd kind of be yeah. stuck up there. And if you're not careful, this would knock you out for the whole Camino. So that's really um, a very, um, you know, big thing to be mindful of. People charge off and, and, and you know, don't forget that they've got another 800 kilometres in front of them. So it's a real, it's a, it's a, it's a real test. So I, do, you know, I do have to ask you now. We, what do you got next? For, for for your trip, you've been talking about a few things. What, what would you like to do next? We'd like to do the Aussie Camino, oh, which is kind of like we've had COVID not hit, we probably would have been doing it now, but yeah. it sort of got a bit stifled because of yeah. everything that happened. So that was, you know, we got all the maps out, we were yeah. ready to sort of plan it all, and then yeah. we thought you couldn't get into South Australia, yeah. so it was ended up just getting too hard. Yeah. So that's kind of one, and I wanted we want to do the Portuguese route. Yeah. yeah. And you want to well, do the coast to coast in, in the UK? Yes, the co which is the, the uh, is it? Uh, I'm not quite sure how far it is. About 150 kilometres yeah, across like something, yeah. and um, and that's um, a very. Uh, that's my phone again. I'll just give it. Um, that's a yeah, very well known oh. these days, and quite well supported. Um, and I've known a few people who do that, and it's terrific apparently. Yeah. The coast to coast, yeah. yeah, and you can tie it in with uh, another, you know, a European trip of some yeah. description. Yeah, but like, who knows when we're going to be able to do it? I mean, the Aussie Camino, I think, would be the one that we could probably do the soonest of all the, mm -hmm. the walks um, or runs. Yeah, <laughs> the walks. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what we're sort of planning yeah. uh, next, I think. So. Well, that's good. Everything's up in the air at the moment. We're really hoping to get some sort of um, some clear air, I suppose, for uh, doing some trips between now and the end. I, I plan to go away as well, um, but that's all a little bit up in the air. Um, I'd, I'd like to do part of the um, the, the Frances again, but we'll just have to wait and see until um, we get some clarity around yeah. that. 
We certainly want to do it again. We certainly yeah. want to do the Camino Francaise one yeah. more time at least. And it's funny because you're walking and you think people go, oh, no, I've done this twice. I've done this, like this this couple, of daughter and um, her mum, quite elderly mum. That was the third time. And I'm like, Sister John, why would you do this? Like, yeah. so hard. Why would you do it again? And so I think when you come back, you think, yeah. I actually want to go back. I want yeah. to do it again. Yeah. Whether we did the same route, I don't know. But it would probably, actually, the Camino del Nord might be a good yes. one to, yes. to do as well. Yeah, yeah, it's another one, and and there's the Portuguese and all the Via de la Plata, and there's a few, there's quite a few that you know, certainly, and in different companies at different times of the year, it's always a very yeah. different experience. Yeah. Well, listen, thanks so much for chatting this morning. I've really had a great time reminiscing about it, and it certainly has uh, um, renewed, well, uh, renewed my interest in just one wanting to go again not that it ever dissipates all that much anyway but it's fantastic to talk um, to you this morning um, about your experiences on the on the Camino so thanks very much John and Mina well thanks for having us thank you <laughs> thank you